All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Hope all is well. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy and sane out here and sound and taking, you know, stock of your mental space. Um, my name is Daryl Lawson. I am the co-founder and CEO of Blurp. And this is our inaugural kickoff of our Blurp Founder Story, where I interview um, entrepreneurs across the United States that are African-American and have Black culture upon their DNA. And today, I have the pleasure of having Igwehi James. She is our first guest. Um, she has a great apparel shop out of Oakland, California called Love Igwehi. She makes custom clothes. They look fantastic. And she also pivoted nicely to making masks. Um, I believe that our N95 approved and they have a lot of swag and they look great. And I urge everyone, if you need masks, to order from her. And I'm just glad to be here and I'm glad to have the opportunity to interview her. So without further ado, everyone, please meet Igwehi James. Hello. Oh, glad to be here. Thank you for having me on Likewise. your interview. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so to get started, um, our first hot seat question would be, what is Love Igwehi? So Love Igwehi is actually, um, Love Igwehi is a business that gifts the gift of love that brings and connects people back to life. And so we like to think of ourselves as um, a brand that creates joy, creates happiness, and creates life. Um, and it goes beyond clothing, right? So me as a founder, as a CEO, um, and as a chief designer, my primary role is to create and create with my hands um, pieces that I know will um, make people look good and feel good. And so what I'm, what, what, Love you, he is is a, is a feeling. It's a feeling right. of, of of love and happiness, of life. Um, it's an it's an energy. So that's that is what love you, he is. No, that's awesome. We definitely need a lot of love and happiness, especially in this world that we live in. Yeah. No, and that's just great to hear your thesis of what love you, he is about. It's yeah. not just about clothes, but it's a movement. It's a feeling. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's a community. Yeah, and a, a connectedness. That's what's up. All right, cool. So also, with that being said, um, I see you were a healthcare professional for over 10 years, and then you made the big pivot over to entrepreneurship. So, you know, folks who are at home, they're like, healthcare is one of the most, you know, stable careers you could have. Why would yeah. you want to get out of that to come into the world of entrepreneurship? And, you know, so what's your story behind that? Yeah. So I have, I've been kind of always kind of focused. So my background is in public health. I have a, um, a BA in sociology and anthropology. I always know I want to work in the healthcare industry. So I got my master's in public health from Carolina. Um, oh, wow. So I was living in North Carolina. Yeah, I was yeah. in North Carolina. And, um, and, I, and I did that. I got my master's degree and then I was working um, in different health um, care institutions in clinical research. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I've had wonderful working um, opportunities, which I'm very blessed um, to say that it's just been a positive experience. Um, but I think what happened was there was a mix. Uh, uh, it was kind of a opportunity meets um, timing meets um, the desire to pursue my passion, right? So I was working in the healthcare industry. And during that time, um, I had 
got a sewing machine, kind of taught myself how to sew, watching YouTube videos. Right. And so I had kind of a side hustle as I was working, you know, my primary job. And then over time, you know, as life would have it, I actually ended up being pregnant with twins. Mm. And so it was one of these, like, you have a full-time job, you got this side gig that you're really yeah. excited about, and you have two kids in addition coming to the one that you have. And so I was like, ooh, it's going to be a lot to try to do it all, <laughs> yeah. right? And so after like a lot of conversation with my husband um, about like, you know, what we should do with his encouragement, actually, he was the one like, you know, Igway, you need to bet on yourself. That's right. And step out on faith and do this. I, I believe that this is what you've been called to do. And I said, you know what, you're right. I, I do believe that this is what I've been called to do. So so now what I say is my health care is my backup plan, right? That's right. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have that degree to, to fall back on yes. should go awry. But so far, so good. So I'm thankful to have kind of switched. I know it seems really random, but I really feel like God has called me to this. It's purposed me for this. And it's, it's bigger than clothing. And so I'm able to serve, you know, in a different way than I was serving before in the healthcare industry. Sure. No, that's a great, that's a great backstory. And um, no, you absolutely did it correctly. You did your risk management properly. You got your degrees. You went to the College of Obama, Occidental. You went to Chapel Hill. Yeah. You know, I was at, I went to school in North Carolina. I went to HBCU called Livingstone College out of Salisbury oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. near near Charlotte. So you know we we used to hang out at UNC Chapel Hill with my frat brothers. You know I'm okay. a sibling, so we went to a couple of step shows there back okay. in the thousand. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you already know. Yeah. So no, that that's good, man, and that's good that you had your husband to support you, and he was like, go ahead and do it. Yeah. And um, that's a great story to have, especially in our community and with black families. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's important. Absolutely. Cool. So to continue on your entrepreneurial beginnings, what were some of the first steps um, that you did to jumpstart your entrepreneurial journey once you made the decision and you popped the cork in the champagne bottle to say, I am in this to win it? You know, it's funny. When I first started doing this, I didn't really think of myself as a business, to mm-hmm. be honest. I just thought that this was something I was doing on the side. Um, but when I eventually thought that, okay, maybe this is something bigger than just sewing skirts, because that's actually how I started. What I did, I started thinking ahead before I even became a business. I said, you know what, let me secure, let me, let me establish myself as an official business, mm-hmm. even before I am one, right? So I got my, you know, LLC, I incorporated, yeah. and then I said, um, let me make sure that the website that I want is secure. Mm-hmm. So, and I bought the website a couple of years before I even used it, right? Sure, sure. I have a guest, okay. It's all right, no problem. We love guests here in the Blurt Founder story. Hi, how are Hi. you, lady? <laughs> so I secured website. So I, I bought, you know, loveyguayhe.com and then, you know, did research and I said, you know what, let me secure these other similar websites. So yep. People can buy those too. And so I started behaving in a way that I was a business, even though I hadn't told anybody this is what I was doing. You know, I kind of wanted to cover, cover my bases a little bit. And so that's kind of how I did. I kind of set things rolling kind of on the low and continue to kind of side hustle. And, um, and then after that, because I I am pretty active on social media, Mm -hmm. getting people to really understand my journey and like what I'm doing as far as teaching myself okay now I'm making this oh you know my kids are very much a part of 
Lovey Guayhi and who yeah. I am as a business owner. Yeah. And so um, kind of sharing that experience with my followers, with my friends, helped to kind of build this brand and yeah. build, you know, the business so that the buy-in wasn't, isn't that hard because people kind of have been following along right. um, as I was creating what is now Lovey Guayhi. Yeah. Awesome. So yes, it sounds like you got up to the right foot. You got your brand. You already built your network before you needed it. Um, were there any particular challenges um, with kickstarting Lovey Guayhi that kind of was like, oh snap, this was maybe a little bit more challenging than I thought? Yeah, I think um, you can never underestimate the amount of time it takes when you're working for yourself. So for me, um, I was working again full time. Yeah in healthcare and doing this on the side. But now that I'm doing this full time, what I can say is that I work harder and longer. Mm. Now I'm challenged in different ways um, now that I'm working for myself. Like my mind is always going. And so I think that, you know, that's something that I didn't necessarily anticipate. You kind of hear it, but until you yeah. kind of experience it for yourself, you don't know the magnitude of which, right, right. you know, this can be intense and this can be constant. And this is, I mean, there's, it's hard to really shut off. Right. So I think that that's one of the challenges that I've kind of experienced as a business owner. And then I'll also say like, for me, this is self-funded. So mm -hmm. I use my own money to kind of start the business and buy a supply, buy material. And then all the money that I make, I sew it right back into the business. Right. And so, um, people's journeys are different i'll say for Absolutely. my full transparency like you know they talk about entrepreneurship and you're gonna make all this money and it's great it's a freeing lifestyle but for me right now i am in the i am in the kind of growing and so mm -hmm. i've sacrificed my healthcare salary right to invest in myself right? right so i'm pouring everything into the business everything i make goes right back into the business because mm -hmm. i'm trying to build something bigger than me and right. so, so that has been something that I've had to kind of understand and I'm, I'm learning as I go um, on this journey. No, indeed. And, you know, and I'm glad you shared that vulnerability because, you know, a lot of folks think I got this great business idea. I know I can pull it off. And then as soon as they get yeah. started, the first three to six months, they're like, oh, snap, I don't know if I want to continue. And, yeah. you know, a lot of folks, you know, they face a lot of the similar problems that you face, you know, balancing, knowing when to turn that switch on and off. You know, you're married with three kids. Yeah. I'm married, no kids, but balancing, yes. you know, yeah. a job to pay the bills and then doing yep. your business. Yep. You have to time manage so much and it's not easy to do it. And I think when we hear the stories of those that have made it, you know, they say it takes um, 10 years to become an open, five to 10 years to become an overnight success. So we only see the overnight successes, but we don't right. understand those long days and nights that we right. have to put in to get there. Exactly, exactly. That's why I always think it's so cool when, they show the picture of like how these big businesses started in the garage, yep. right? And so we see the apples of today, we see the yep. Microsoft. Um, and oftentimes we don't know the nitty gritty of what it took to, you know, to get to that point, but there's right. that picture that they always show like the commonality between all these businesses, they all started in the garage. And I laugh because I literally work out of my garage. <laughs> that is where my factory is. I said, well, praise God one day, you know, I'm going to be one of those businesses that say she started in her garage too. So, That's right. 
Yeah. And Dave, Dave Ramsey will be proud of you because he's all about um, maximizing the space in your home and the equity yeah. and stuff. So yeah. you're doing fantastic with that. <laughs> and um, so, no, we'll be pulling for you. I'll be pulling for you. So keep, you. keep that going. Thank so you. as long as you, so in reference to your brands, um, how do you, I know you kind of had a following already, you know, folks kind of know who you were, but for those who kind of might've looked at what's lovely way he, why would I be interested in her custom clothing? How yeah. did you go about building that brand to connect with folks on various different levels? Yeah. So I think the cool thing about being myself is that I wear a lot of different hats. And I think what I've been able to connect people with, with the brand is kind of along the lines of the different hats that I wear. So clearly I'm a mom. Yeah. So, um, oh, <laughs> go down. okay, you have to stop baby. Okay. Okay. So I'm a mom, I'm a wife. Um, I'm involved in different organizations okay. and, um, and I like to look good. That's right. Time, you know, and I care about how I look. And so mm -hmm. what I've done with Lovey Gwe, he's kind of meld my nigerian culture so i'm first generation here both of my parents are nigerian but i was born here um and so i have the distinct privilege of kind of growing up in a nigerian home within the u.s and kind of having this kind of dual um what's the word i'm trying to look for but like I'm, I've been part of both cultures. And mm -hmm. so what I've done is use that experience to build a brand that kind of marries the two. Right. So I'm using a lot of African fabrics and more mm -hmm. contemporary American styles that people can easily incorporate into their wardrobe where they don't feel like it's a costume. They don't feel like, oh man, this, I can't see myself in this. Um, I've intentionally created pieces that can be incorporated into what people are already wearing. Yep. Because I want it to feel good, and I want people to feel good and comfortable in the pieces um, that I create. And so that's kind of how the, the brand um, came together. You know, I'm a busy mom, and so I wanted pieces that would make me look good, but didn't have, require me to put too much effort into it. And I know that a lot of moms have that same desire. So again, thinking ahead about, like, what would be easy? Okay, if I just wore jeans and a t-shirt and I want to throw on something cute over it and now I look dressed up yep. because I've been in tights all, yep. all day. Um, just thinking about creating pieces like that, mm -hmm. that just spices up your wardrobe and yep. doesn't take much effort. So that's kind of how, um, that's what the things that I've used to kind of inform my design yeah. um, and um, create new pieces. Oh, cool. I like the whole aspect of feeling good. And you know, recently I read um, Dapper Dan's biography um, are, you, are you familiar with Dr. Dan? I am familiar, but I haven't read his back. Yeah, his great story, great um, American history, great black history out of Harlem, New York, and his mm -hmm. whole background and how he evolved to be the person that he's become. And his big thing was making celebrities look, feel better than they were and make yeah. other people feel better than they were with his um, creativity and design. So yes, yeah. that whole feeling good and looking good, that's, that's great. That's, that just expands all around you, that energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Cool. So now we're going to get back into your family and, and managing on entrepreneurship and marriage and all of that. So how do you manage your work-life balance with your family and business? And do you have any helpful tips to provide folks? Because folks out here, you know, they think everybody wants to be the power couple and the power kids and you're always working and on, but that's just not the reality and it's not sustainable. And myself, I realized that, hey, it's, 
you got to balance. You got to know when to shut that down. You can't just be business 24-7 because your relationships will suffer if you don't tend to that. So, and I think that's an underlooked problem that Mm -hmm. a lot of us in our community do not take stock in. Yep. So maybe you can give me some advice. Because (laughs) I'm I'm still learning, man. Every day I read tons of books and articles. I talk to my my friends. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I am trying to figure it out. I, you know, I'm trying to figure it out. So I actually don't use the term um, work-life balance. I know a lot of people ask that question a lot. And I don't know that you can ever fully have balance between Mm -hmm. work and life. I think that I look at things more as kind of like juggling act. Mm -hmm. And sometimes things are prioritized and are higher. And then other times other things take precedent. And so that can happen in seasons. There can be times, you know, where I'm more focused on my family and as such, I got to fall back from this in just a bit. There are times where I'm trying to build something. And so things are really intense for the business. And at that time, the family knows, okay, mommy's focused right now. We, we will sit here or, you know, take care of ourselves or my husband will help with the kids more because he knows that I need this time. So I think that again, for me, I don't know that I'm ever striving, striving to have that balance. And that's right. something that I've wrestled with because, because again, because people ask that all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, maybe I should try to find it, but I'm okay. okay. Realizing that I may not have that balance and that's okay. It's just a matter of figuring out like when things may shift and understanding that there is going to be a shift and there are seasons and having support in place to kind of guide me through the different phases and different seasons. Um, I will say that there was a point in time where I was working like crazy, like working to the point where it was too much, like on my health, it was just too much. And it took like really feeling, like physically feeling ill from working so much that I had to say, nope, I'm I'm not business, I'm not gonna die for the sake of this business. And as such, I'm gonna take it upon myself to step back and to create real boundaries and set time limits on when I'm going to, you know, if things don't get done by 6 PM, I'll address it in the morning. That's That's okay. You know? And so, but it's hard because as an entrepreneur, you want, and and it's your business. You want to be the best. You want to do the best. You want to, you know, get things to your customers in a timely fashion and, you know, hold to your commitments. And so I think a lot of times we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and at the risk of our own health and our right. and our own peace and so yeah it came to the it was the end of last year and i said Mm-mm, i cannot operate like this right anymore um and so i had to really set boundaries about how much i can work or right. was willing to work um and realize that like, work will be there tomorrow and it'll be okay that's right so yeah so you hear that everyone is you have to prioritize and you have to set boundaries i'm still learning yeah. to obey those two I've gotten a lot better throughout the years and I realize there are certain things I'm gonna have, I can't attend that may not be in a priority for me at different, at whatever stage I'm in at life. So yeah. you just gotta be able to learn to shut it down, set boundaries and stuff for yourself. And um, me, I've become, I've become where I make a lot of to-do lists. And um, if, if it's at a certain time, I, tomorrow's another day to get it. You're, you know, you only got one shot at life. You need to give the best you can. And I'm not gonna, like you said, I'm not gonna run myself down and die because of the business. So yeah. no, that's great. I appreciate you sharing that vulnerability because a lot of folks think it's team no sleep. You just hustle, hustle, hustle. You know, you're not gonna be 24 forever. You know, it's just not sustainable. 
And yeah, it's so funny that phrase, the team no sleep. I had a friend who posted and I was like, don't, don't promote that because no. sleep is good. Sleep energizes you. Like we should sleep. I'm not saying sleep your life away, but team no sleep. It's not healthy. No, not, <laughs> not, 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 not by the least. And I think what's the under look thing is when you're an entrepreneur, the most important person you're selling besides your business is yourself. You know, you have to look good. You have to feel good. You have to energize yourself. And even me, when I first started out, I neglected that part of my life too. And and I look back at some pictures a few years ago. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) how did I do that? There. I'm feeling you completely. Yeah. Yeah. So no, there's a good advice that you shared and appreciate that. So COVID, so COVID happened, the world is at a standstill, no one can fly, no one can travel. It's like the 1980s again, um, without, you know, with the internet now, and you're really home and you're really connected to folks and people. So with the business perspective, how has that impacted your business? COVID says sit down somewhere, okay? COVID shut things down. Um, So, I'm I'm joking. Well, I'm not joking. It actually did happen. I will say that a lot of my business prior to COVID, um, a lot of my sales, a lot of my interaction with my customers happened in person. So I used to do, you know, conferences, festivals, um, vend at different events that allowed me the opportunity to actually meet people, allow them to kind of touch my my clothing, try things on, get a feel for the things that I create in an in-person experience. COVID said, mm-mm. So uh, the last event I did was actually uh, right before they shut it down, maybe March uh, of this year. And I remember starting to get emails like, we're postponing this event. Okay, we're going to postpone this event. Oh, we're going to we've decided to cancel this event. So when I tell you I had such an exciting year coming up of different Mm. events and things I was going to travel to, my calendar was wiped clean. Like couldn't do everything that I, things I paid for in advance and vendor fees Mm. and everything was shut down. So it really caused me to kind of sit back and say, okay, what are are we going to do? I have this website but if I'm being completely honest, most of my sales happen in person. Yeah. So what COVID has actually forced me to do is really step up my online game, right? So become more engaged on social media, yes. pivot, right? Because now there's a need for masks. Yes. And a little earlier on, actually, someone said, oh, you should make masks. I kind of brushed it off. They were doing right. it in China. They were wearing it in China. This was actually mm-hmm. December. Mm. And I kind of said, oh, that's like, you know, I don't know. And then it was a fourth person that sent me a message and it was like, hey, have you considered doing masks? I said, you know what, let me see what I can do. Right. So I did a test. My husband wore it. He was like, this is cool. Mm. So that's how things kind of shifted. So no longer was I doing it in person. No longer was I really focusing on clothes. Yeah. There was an immediate need. And I was determined to fill that need to some, you know, and provide to as many people as I could. And so it was really kind of gangbusters. I was making thousands of masks mm. and selling these masks um, and getting them out. And I'm still making masks. Sure. Um, but because so many people have them now and I'm kind of getting more familiar, I'm now able to kind of focus back on what is like brings me right. joy yeah. and is part of like creating clothes. So that has caused me to shift 
shift the way I sell, shift the way I connect with people, yes. um, and and shift actually my product offering. But it's been good. It's been challenging. Mm-hmm. It's been really challenging. But um, but it you know this is entrepreneurship. We can never really expect the unexpected, and this was definitely right. unexpected. I bet. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. And you, you did something that a lot of us need to learn to do. So we know, you know, when people create companies or products, it was, a, it was originally for this audience or this type of person or solve this type of problem. But when yeah. the market shifts, you need to be able to pivot. Yes. And a lot of folks are attached to their initial feelings and you kind of took the bull by the horns. It's like, you know what? I need to stay alive. Um, there's a market out here. I need to serve that yeah. need. Yeah, yeah, pumping out these masks you know, may take a lot out of me, but you know what? It's keeping me afloat and it's extending my brand into different um, realms that was not possible just a Absolutely. couple of months ago. So no, that, that hats off to you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's what's up, man. When I want to grow up, when I grow up, I want to be like you. Ah! <laughs> I be like you. Let me get on and start interviewing folks. Hey. Meet founders. <laughs> no problem. Sure thing. So now this question is for those who want to be in the apparel industry. So for those that are in the apparel and retail space as Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, business owners, what are some trends that you're noticing that customers want and need during this time? Um, Well, we're spending a lot of time indoors. And so I think, you know, we're used to creating things for that you wear out outside at events and things like that. I think, you know, people still like to look good and people are continuing to buy. So just because people aren't going out doesn't mean people aren't buying. Yeah. Um, but I do know, notice that the focus on what they're buying probably has shifted a little bit. And that has actually informed the direction of my, my line. So creating clothing that is comfortable. Mm. People are spending a lot of time indoors. So, yeah. you know, they might not be wearing heels. So don't make a dress that you only feel cute when you're wearing heels. Wear, com- you know, create pieces that are comfortable create things that are um, quality. So I know that fast fashion was big um, and there are a lot of fast fashion brands. For me, what I like to do is create pieces that'll stay in the test of time, that will grow with you, that will shrink with you, you know, our bodies fluctuate. So people want things that make them feel comfortable, feel good. Um, And let's be honest, like we feel good when we get compliments, when people notice something that we're wearing. And so creating pieces that attracts attention mm. um, and is flattering to your body, the person that's wearing it. I think that's what people are looking for. So yeah, comfortable, long lasting, um, makes them look and feel good. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's that, I think that's what people really are interested in as it relates to fashion, especially given just kind of where we are right now with yeah. things being closed. See, everyone, he gave you guys some gems that you can use to jumpstart and continue to expand your business and your offerings, yeah. you know? So take that and run with it and apply it as you see fit. Appreciate the tips, yeah. Um, So now um, with everything going on and the protests and, you know, now everyone is woke in reference to black equality and racial equality with us and equity and all this stuff. Um, what are your thoughts about the Buy Black movement that's going on? And has that helped your business at all? So I think as a Black woman, mm-hmm. as a Black business owner, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's important that people 
understand our contribution to the marketplace. Um, and so I'm all for it. I, I, I love the promotion of black businesses. My hope is that this is not a trend. This is not something that's hot right now and then forgotten next week. Cause I know the way we, you know, mm. Americans are very short-sighted, sure. they, mm -hmm. you know, they like what's in and then they forget about it. But yeah. black people are not like a fad and no. us creators are not a fad. What I'd like to believe is that the Buy Black movement um, is great because it is making a lot of people more aware of us as, as Black business owners, as makers, as creators. Um, but we're not good because we're a Black business. We're right. good because we're good. That's right. Our products are quality because they're quality. They're not quality for a Black business. That's right. And so I hope that in this movement and this expansion and uh, people realizing that there are these black businesses that are making soaps and clothes and backpacks and um and you know different counting firms and architect i mean we're everywhere That's unfortunately what? we haven't been given the same opportunities sure. and the same exposures so yeah. i do like that there is this focus right now i just want people to realize that we've been tight <laughs> yes. Yes. we've been tight um, we've been creating amazing, amazing things. And so I hope that people continue to support and continue yeah. to share with their networks because, right. you know, we're in it for the long haul. This is not a fad. This is not yeah. a, this is it's not a right now thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I do pray that it continues and the support continues. No, I couldn't have said it better, man. You know, we have a seat at the table and we are enough, man. And we need to continue to build upon that to expand because the world needs solutions to their problems and their needs yeah. and we can fulfill that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I know we got a couple more questions left. Um, so I see you were selected to be a part of the Roots Picnic Marketplace. You know, that's a pretty big deal. You know, if you were at the actual Roots Picnic event, you would have been there vending amongst all of the top curators of the country and our culture. And you know, The Roots is one of my favorite um, bands and rap groups and I have all of their albums and stuff from back in the day when I was in college and that was no easy feat to get on there. So tell us about your experience with being in the marketplace online and how did that work out for you? So that was actually my first time doing a virtual marketplace. So admittedly, I didn't know what to expect, but I will say that the people um, behind it, the planners, the, the PayPal, and the Roots staff um, were amazing. They were very communicative. They kind of told us how things would go and they did test runs and stuff like that. Um, and it was great. I mean, to be on that platform, to be connected and affiliated with the Roots Picnic, with PayPal was amazing. Like I couldn't have asked for anything more. So for me, it was a blessing for the opportunity. Um, I, you know, more people are aware of Lovey Gwehi and That's the right. other 30 or so businesses that were also featured um, in the virtual marketplace. So it was good for me. I pray that it was good for everybody else mm -hmm. that was that was featured. At the end of the day, just being acknowledged and re recognized as a as a growing, thriving business, Black business, um, and being able to have people around the world kind of know about how our different um, 
contributions to the marketplace uh, was amazing. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that opportunity. Hope more come. <laughs> no, absolutely. And it, de and, it, and, it, and it definitely will find you. You keep putting out good product and putting it into the universe and serving the needs of people the way you are. You're going to get a whole lot more opportunity than you can imagine. Yeah, thank you. Receive that. Cool. So tell us how folks can find you on social media. You know, give folks your Instagram handle, your Twitter handle if you're on Twitter, your website, and your Facebook, and your Facebook business page. Sure. So it's pretty straightforward. So my website is loveyguehi.com, and that's L O V E. I-G-U-E-H-I.com. And then Instagram, Facebook, uh, Pinterest, all of it is Love Iguahi. It's just at love, I-G-U-E-H-I, Love Iguahi. That's what's up, man. And Iguahi, you are off the hot seat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this was a great interview. I'm glad you was able to christen our Blurp co-founder story interview series. You know, this was a really great interview. Um, this was actually my first time doing a vlog interview and um, mm -hmm. you really, you know, made this a joy and, um, you know, I'm looking forward to great things with you. And um, mm -hmm. I've been meaning to share my, share your website with my wife because I keep talking about you to my wife. So I'm going to yeah, actually have to show her the website it. now. Share it with her. Share my Instagram and Absolutely. Facebook. Yeah, please. All right. So that concludes our interview. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. Um, we'll be back next month with another entrepreneur that's working in accounting, and everyone continue to stay safe, sound, healthy, and peace out.